You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. A man and his wife were awakened at 3 o'clock in the morning by a loud pounding on the door. The man gets up out of bed and goes to the door where a drunken stranger is in the pouring rain and he's asking for a push. Not a chance, says the husband. It's three o'clock in the morning. He closes the door and returns to bed. Who was it? Asks his wife. Just a drunken stranger asking for a push, he answers. Did you help him? She asks. No, I didn't. It's three o'clock in the morning and raining. Well, you've got a short memory, she says. Can't you remember about three months ago when we were broken down on vacation? And those two guys helped us? I think you should help him. The man does as he's told and gets dressed and goes out into the pouring rain and calls out into the dark. Hello, are you still there? Yes, comes the answer. Do you still want to push? Calls out the husband. Yes, please, comes the reply from the dark. Where are you? Asks the husband. Over here on the swing, the drunk replies. So I looked into, uh, I looked into Google for the definition of, of patience and I got the ability to wait for a long time without becoming annoyed or upset. That can be a hard one sometimes. So patience, how does it apply to our church, to, to the church in general? How, to the, to the Christian faith, how do we become a, someone who is patient? I know I want to become someone who's more patient. I, I could use a more. <clears throat> First of all, we have to recognize, do we need it? Or do we think we got enough? Well, we're, so that's the first thing we have to recognize whether we need it or more, more or not. And however you want to say it, it's a shortcoming or a sin to not have enough patience. So if you're unable to see this as a need in your life, ask yourself a few questions. These questions are taken from a website coping.org. They're uh, some thoughts of people who display impatient mindsets. Number one, I should be able to do this faster and better than what I am. I'm just no good. They should understand me the first time and not need me to repeat myself. They're so stupid. Why should it take so long and so much effort to change and grow spiritually? I'm never going to get there. Why can't they change quicker than what they are? I want this done yesterday. Slow pokes are lazy. I want, I can't stand such things as diets and college, counseling, physiotherapy, and orthodontics. They all take too long before the results are visible. What a waste of time. I could never accomplish my goal of growth and change. So there's no use in even getting started. 
I'll never succeed. Recognizing our need for patience is one step. Then recognize that we can't change on our own is next. Recognizing that, yes, we are limited, but with God, all things are possible. As it says, as Jesus says to us in Matthew 19:26, all things are possible through God. Some of us don't want to be dependent on another, though. We want to be independent, to be self-made success stories. Being dependent starts with prayer. And prayer is an expression of our dependence on God. We don't spend enough time doing this, though. And why is that? Is our impatience in the way? Is it really a priority for us? If we truly believe that with God all things are possible, then we need to know what His vision is for us. Do we believe He has our best interest in mind? Are we willing to give up our desire for immediate gratification? The get-or-done mentality? Are we willing to give up some time to pray and meditate on His Word daily? Or are we too impatient? When I was uh, thinking about this, uh, the um, one scene in the show Hacksaw Ridge, it's a movie that came out, I think, a year ago, and uh, one soldier who doesn't want to f- use a gun to fight, he has convictions about that, and uh, eventually his team gets on his side, and they, they're with him, and he's a Christian, so they ask him to pray for direction for the next day of war. And they have to be patient for him. And, uh, and you know, in, in that time of war, easy to get impatient. But uh, it was just a neat, uh, neat recall that I had about that movie. So how can we meditate? How can we meditate and pray with patience? Well, Brad Potker, he talked a bit about prayer earlier this year. And... Uh, He encouraged us to set aside time to pray, as important as it is. And he had talked about how it will take some discipline. If you can't find a time in your day that you're so busy doing the regular things that you do, then um, Brad was suggesting maybe a boring commute that you do on a daily route, or taking a shower. You can pray during those times. Prayer is one thing that your spirit needs to grow in God. Patience itself is not natural. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, the the Spirit of God, who is love. 1 John 4, 8 says, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So we need to get to know him, to know love. Also, King Solomon declares in 1 Kings 8, verse 3, 1 Kings 8, 23, sorry. Our Lord, O God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven 
or on earth beneath. Keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. So if God is love and patience is a fruit of God's spirit, then we need to get his love or we need to get we need his love to get patience. First Corinthians 13, four. Among other things, it says that love is patience right at the first start of that description of love. Love is patient. In Galatians uh, 5, 16 to 23, it's talking about this fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about in this series. But I wanted to read a, a few more verses with that, starting at verse 16 to 23. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I wanted to share a story from my life that um, I think helped uh, maybe explain this wrestling. I was driving up um, to see my family as they had gone ahead of me a, a day or two. I was a bit upset driving up. I can't remember exactly why. It might have been having to do something with I had felt like they had left me without me. I mean to have fun and I stayed back to work while um, but it was something we had agreed on so really it was an irrational feeling I was driving up and the irrational thoughts were getting stronger and I knew it was irrational I didn't want to give in to that so I started to pray to God to help me to overcome the irrational anger I noticed at first that my prayers were more or less selfish and not seeming to help. But pressing forward, I prayed and sang to God, making my prayers into a song, trying not to focus on myself. I focused on Him. And my thoughts became more of thankfulness. I thanked Jesus for who He was. And how much he has blessed me. I thanked him that my thoughts were wrong. And that I was not alone or rejected by my family or wife. I, de I declared that, that it was a lie. And proclaimed the truth that my wife loves me. And my family loves me. And that she, they love Jesus. As I proclaimed this more, 
I became more filled with a heart of thankfulness and how Jesus loves me and has blessed me so much. Not only with a loving wife, but with Jesus' love for me. I was longing to be loved, and selfishness tried to take over, tried to make me feel sorry for myself. Selfishness was creating anger in me that, if not checked, would have driven people away, which was totally opposite of what I really wanted. I guess, really, I was just lonely, and I had this that I had to stay back and work a few days, and the rest of my family was having a holiday. I declared the truth in the face of a lie, the truth that I am loved by Jesus. And once I started declaring that over and over, the lie started to fade. And in turn, another truth came about, that I loved my wife. And the truth that Jesus loves me as well. And with that love, I'm able to love. Holy Spirit had reminded me of this truth. The fruit of the Spirit was evident as I declared the truth. Because Jesus loves me, I could love and knew I was loved. I was joyful as I was singing and making new songs about all I am thankful for. I was at peace with my situation of being alone for this short time, but knowing that Jesus meets all my needs. I was patient with the waiting time and, the, and content when I arrived to be united with my family again. So that's a little story about the spiritual war and deceiving lies can really take away and uh, declaring the truth and... Uh, doing what the Bible says and rejoicing in Him and and uh, speaking the truth when you don't think it's there, when your mind is believing a lie instead, but declaring the truth that you actually know is there and you overcome your lie and it can change things around. Last week, Greg preached on joy and he said we needed to talk or we need to, to look for God's work in our lives, then we will find joy. Well, that was a time where I had joy because I saw how God had worked in my life. Have you found His work in your life? Do you think, do you think He cares about you? In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast all your cares upon Him or anxieties upon Him, for He cares for you. In the verse right before that, in verse 6 of 1 Peter 5, Paul says, humble, or Peter says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. Then comes verse 7, Casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Are you humbling yourself? and patient to wait for that proper time. Psalm 130, verse 3 to 6, the psalmist says, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities or wrongdoings, O Lord, who can stand? 
But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word, I hope, my soul waits for the Lord. More than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. About that phrase, waiting for the Lord, Piper states, it's an Old Testament way of describing the opposite of impatience. Waiting for the Lord is the opposite of running ahead of the Lord's, running ahead of the Lord, and it's the opposite of bailing out on the Lord. It is staying at your appointed place while he says stay. Or it's going to his appointed, it's going at his appointed pace while he says go. It's not impetuous and it's not despairing. Do you have faith to wait upon the Lord, to be patient and not run ahead, as well as go in faith as he leads? I think for what all of what I've said, in summary, the, uh, the passage from John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus tells us, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we are to remain in Him because He is divine. And to have the fruit of the Spirit, us being the branches, don't provide the fruit. It just grows out of us by being in the vine, Jesus. But apart from Him, we can do nothing. And that's like what Jesus said before in that without With God, all things are possible. But without Him, we can't really do the things that are the fruit of the Spirit. So allow the Holy Spirit to impact your life. And you'll develop patience as the fruit of His Spirit in you, not of your own striving. Communion is a time that we can recall how patient Jesus was and still is with us. And that should motivate us to become more like him. To be patient with those around us. Especially with those who we feel don't deserve our patience. Because really, we don't deserve the patience and love from Jesus Christ either. Yet He gives it to us freely 